What's up, everybody? Welcome back to That's Entertaining. This week, we get to talk Iron Man. And joining me, as always, as we begin our Marvel Trek, is the one, the only, Justin! Hello? Justin? Um... One second, folks. That is, again, the one, the only, Jason! hey I am here. I'm ready to indulge everyone with entertainment and blessings and tidings of great joy. Whoa, whoa. Great joy? I was expecting moderate to passable joy. Okay, yeah, let's be honest. It's going to be, like, mediocre joy, but I like to talk a big game. Yeah, I've, I've noticed that. <laughs> but, but tell me, tell me this. Where do you talk a big game? <sighs> I talk a big game on, you You might have heard of me before, the soulful sounds of this voice on the Flextopose podcast. The what now? Sh- Spell that, please. Oh, come on. <laughs> gotcha. Shot down. No, no, no. It is a, a little podcast I've been doing with my... Co-host in BFF, Lucas Rose, for, man, almost a year now, so it's been a, it's been a crazy journey, but uh, we have a good time. And what do you talk about on the Fluxtaposed podcast? I would say we are uh, 80% gaming, 10%, actually, no, that's wrong, 50% nonsense, 40% gaming, 10% movies. That's a, that's a good assessment, but uh, we focus on a you know, little game news uh movie television uh we do a monthly battle of the beer segment Mm -hmm. and uh our staple is our netflixation where each uh each week we talk about a movie and uh we decide if it's entertaining and fun so when you talk about the battle of the beers how many how many months have you done that 12 so far (laughs) i wish uh we didn't have the idea of throwing that in until uh a few few months ago so it actually uh Tomorrow will be our, our third one. We're actually exploring the world of YouTube, and Battle of the Beer is now going into video world. So Ooh. I've got uh, the boys from True Myth Media coming over, and we are filming that tomorrow morning and uh, rocking that out. So it'll still be in the podcast, but now we're going to have a, a YouTube component as well. So nice. Kind of looking forward to that. Uh, so this will be our third month doing it, and I believe we're going to be enjoying uh, Porter's this, this month. Ah, a good hefty beer. Yes, and since they're coming over early, that means it's respectable early morning drinking. It's a breakfast beer at that point. It's okay. Yeah. Some people eat breakfast. Some people drink their breakfast. You know. (laughs) This is true. I happen to drink mine. (laughs) You can't drink all day unless you start in the morning. That's right. All right. So, obviously... Um, if you are a steward listener of the podcast, you understand that the voice that you're hearing is not Jason's, or I'm sorry, it is Jason's, it is not <laughs> Justin's uh, voice this week. Justin decided to go off and get married. Ah, the schlub. So we figured, hey, you know, we'll give him the week off this week. But we didn't want to stop the podcast, so we're going to keep things rolling. And yes. the one, the only Jason Lacey... 
was so gracious enough to br- to bless us with his greatness. Ooh. Man, I've I've got some big shoes to fill here. <laughs> I've got a I've got a lot of movies that I need to never have watched before in my life, and um, I don't know. Make fun of your segues, I guess. I, I don't know what else Justin does. So, some context on that last bit. So, last week it was discovered that Mr. Pickard has not seen any of the Indiana Jones films. Uh, I'm still upset about this. As well, he has not seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. So, uh. you know, he, he asked if he was out of the podcast. So, I guess the answer is yes. For this week, <laughs> he's out of the podcast. Uh. But I promise, if I was a politician, I'd be making some promises now to get your vote. I promise that he will soon watch both Indiana Jones and Monty Python and the Holy Grail. I'm Nathan Thomas, and I've approved this message. He just kissed a baby, folks. He just kissed a baby. It was the baby from American Sniper, too, so it doesn't make any noise. (laughs) Oh, man. So that's that's who we got on the show this week. Again, my name is Nathan Thomas, and joining me is Jason Lacey. Um, so, Jason, what have you been entertained by this week? Oh, this week has not been a... I guess it's been an average week. and Kind of the, the typical here, uh, a heavy storm of video games with a, a dash of movies. I've uh, been enjoying... Uh, the Heroes of the Storm beta. I've got uh, a group of friends that always play that. So, like, every night I'll get bombarded on Skype or something. We need a fifth. Heroes. We need a fifth. Heroes. <laughs> and I'm not always in a MOBA mood, but I'll hop on there and play it. And I, that's fun. I mean, I, I never could get into Leagues of, League of Legends or uh, oh Dota just because the item shop and that whole strategy just way over my head so heroes of the storm doesn't go that route which i like it plus there's all the famous blizzard characters from like every game which is just a little nerdgasm that hooks you in and it's fun cool i like to i like to play it um the usual of awesome knots which if you've listened to my flex the pose podcast that's probably came up in discussion just about every episode i can never seem to shake that game we actually that's usually our end of the podcast routine we'll play a couple rounds after we record on monday nights nice um (laughs) i've been making people jealous on twitter because uh we have a wii u in my office and my it slash uh programming department the one guy is gung-ho like every day at three o'clock we play smash so we have to oblige so around every day at three o'clock we go and play a few rounds and they've <laughs> they they've come to hate Mega Man because uh his jumping up air attack is like this little tornado that'll carry you off the top of the screen if you mm-hmm. have high enough damage and I've gotten quite good at uh, catching them with that so I'm evoking uh co-worker rage so that that's always been fun and the so those are like the the usual games I've played this week I won't touch on Captain Toad because that's just too too much rage inducing <laughs> and i can't oh the maze level that i'm not gonna get into it told myself i'm not getting into it not getting into it not but gonna do it not wouldn't, gonna wouldn't be prudent <laughs> and the highlight of this week though would be on wednesday uh lucas had came had come over and we watched a film called the babadook my my wife really likes scary movies and 
So that's what we we thought we were getting into here. This is a Australian film that I believe was actually kickstarted, released in 2014, and it's about a a single mother and her. I think her son's like eight years old, and the his father had died while uh, he was driving her to the hospital when she was pregnant, ready to have him. So she's raising him on his own, and he has a a big the son has a big problem with seeing monsters and he's not he's kind of ostracized at school because the other kids think he's weird and things like that so she reads some books at, in bed at night and the, one night she he she lets him pick and he picks this book the babadook and the babadook is this creature that he'll show up and he'll knock you'll know it's him because when he knocks on the door it's babadook duke duke three knocks and once he's in you can't make him leave and the the book, it's like a little pop-up book. Like if Tim Burton wrote a pop-up book from a nightmare, it's very a disturbing-looking pop-up book. So after she reads this book, you know, um, her son starts seeing this Baba Duke, and their lives start spinning gradually and gradually worse. Like she can't sleep. Son has problems with school. And then this creature starts terrorizing them. And it was the trailer... I, I wish I hadn't seen the trailer for it because the trailer kind of puts paints the film in a light that it doesn't exactly follow. So I, I can't say I wasn't I wasn't disappointed in the film. It wasn't what I was expecting, but it was still it was still fun to watch. So unfortunately, you only can uh, it's only viewable if you um, rent it uh, streaming. I don't think it's it's not streaming for free on Netflix or anything like that. But uh, I would check it out. It was if you're into those type of movies, it's a really it's a really good watch. It's it was described as a horror film, but I definitely wouldn't classify it as that. Hmm. Now you said something there that was intriguing that made me think on a wild tangent. So please entertain me for a second. Of course. If you lived in a world where there were in no trailers, <laughs> in a world where there were no trailers, would you prefer that? To the world that we have now that have multiple teaser trailers and trailers that give away almost too much of the plot. Pretty much the whole movie. Would, would you prefer a world that has no trailers or a world that we have now? You know, sometimes I think I would because there, there's a lot of times that sometimes like the funniest parts of a film are what you see in the trailer. Are, are these a lot of the best scenes you see in a film you've already seen 15 times in a trailer? Mm-hmm. I li- I do like it where you get an idea of what you're getting into, but I feel I think the most impact it, it's on movies I'm not too sure of because like look at you know when Avengers came out or pretty much any Marvel film or let's say you know Force Awakens I'll watch those trailers into the floor and that will not affect my enjoyment of the film whatsoever so I guess in a way it depends on my opinion and what I'm where I my thoughts are on the film in general but. Things that I'm not certain of, I'd rather go in with a complete, you know, blank slate and not have a, a predetermined opinion on what the movie's going to be about. Yeah. So I'm going to go with no trailer. So I don't, I don't know. So here's my thing. I would, I, I would prefer a world with no trailers. Honestly, just give me a release date and give me a like a two sentence. Sell me on the movie in two sentences. Um, yes. Because, for instance. With the Force Awakens trailer, mm-hmm. I, I can pretty much play that trailer in my head and listen to it <laughs> all like right now on demand. But, so here's the thing with trailers and me. 
Like the Marvel movies and the Star Wars trailers that will come, or any movie that I'm really looking forward to, I'll watch the trailer a few times. And the scenes that are in the trailer, I will file away. And I'll say, oh, well, he can't die yet because he hasn't said this line that was in the trailer. Or this scene hasn't happened yet because this. So, uh, for instance, the Captain America Winter Soldier uh, had a trailer that had Nick Fury doing something at the very end of the movie. And something happened in the middle of the movie that you were thinking, I don't know. But because the trailer says this scene hasn't happened yet, what do you do? This is true. This is true. Anyway, that's just my my random rambling for the day. That's a good that's a good little question though. I like it. You got to you got to throw things in there like that from time to time. Mix You're going to want up. that in your podcast. You know? <laughs> and uh. the the last little thing I've been entertained by was definitely the highlight of the week. Uh, when I was sitting at work and all of a sudden I saw a blurb, hey, there's a Star Wars Humble Bundle. I was like, what? And I looked, and it was a treasure trove of every game I remember from a kid just about with Dark Forces, uh, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, um, Star Wars Republic Commando. Uh, I'm just trying to remember all from memory. Was there like eight games that are in there? Uh, there's a ton of There's a ton. Um the Galactic Battlegrounds and the expansion for that. The... That was the Humble Bundle? No. Yes. No, you're talking Empire at War. That was Empire the... at War. Oh, okay. What's what's Galactic Battlegrounds? Galactic Battlegrounds, my friend, is uh, an amazing game uh, that's built on the Age of Empires engine. Um, so pretty much it's Age of Empires 2 with a Star Wars skin. Oh, okay, okay. And then Age of... Uh, what was it called again? Empire at War? Uh, Empire at War, yes. Sorry. Um, is a space combat game, but also has land combat that was oh, built okay. differently. Okay, so I've never pl- okay I've never played Empire at War. And then I had I had owned Galactic Battlegrounds when I was a kid. Okay. Yeah, and Galactic Battlegrounds, you could choose like I want to play as the Gungans or the Naboo or yeah, the Wookiees. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. Kotar, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, uh, so good. Force Unleashed, and the sequel, um, Star Wars Battlefront Two. And Knights of the Old Republic too. So for twelve bucks, I've got nine friggin' awesome Star Wars games, and there's more coming out on Tuesday. So I wonder, you know, are we going to see maybe like Jedi Knight two, or will we see maybe one of the X Wing or Tie Fighter games? I don't know. Well, notable is that these are all Steam keys, correct? Yes. So if you look on Steam and the Star Wars games that aren't listed, that probably give you a good hint as to what's coming out. But this Humble Bundle, guys, if you are unaware, HumbleBundle.com, uh, it's pretty much you pay what you want, and it allows you to you know, get a, a number of games. If you pay more than the average, you get more games, obviously. Um, but you can choose how much you want to go to the developer and how much you want to go to a donation for a, a charity. I believe this is for UNICEF? Yes, yep. So you can donate 100% of what you pay towards UNICEF. Um, it, it is a great thing. And if I, I haven't covered this yet, but I, last year I was involved for the first time in uh, a program called Extra Life, um, which was a 24-hour gaming marathon, and beforehand you would collect uh, money to go to a local children's hospital. Um, and recently in the news, and we'll get to this a little later, uh, Chris Pratt and... Um, Chris Evans had a little bit going on with children, too, as well. And these are the kind of things that really 
give me faith in humanity still you know what i mean yeah yeah so uh, even though it's it's a cool bundle you can pay what you want and get those games really it behind it is is an excellent cause and even if you have the games already and you're just missing maybe one go ahead and get it from humble bundle and give that money to unicef or however you wanted to divvy it out it is a great cause uh and i i can't support it enough yeah, definitely. And as of this recording so far, they've sold, uh, let's see, 261,237 bundles, and that number is climbing as I speak, for a total of darn near $3 million mm-hmm. total they've raised. So uh, I was thrilled to get this pack, mostly just for Dark Forces. I That, was, that game came out 19 years ago, and uh, that was like one of the first... I think it's probably the first first-person shooter I had owned, and I love that game. And and I I owned it on Mac of all things, and I still have my original box proudly on display across this studio down here. And uh, uh, I played that till like two in the clock in the morning on uh, what was that Tuesday night? I think oh, it, it was pixelated and terrible because my resolution <laughs> was screwed up. But I I was hooked. I had no I lost time. I didn't care. I was like completely immersed in twelve-year-old nostalgia land. Did you stream that from the Steam stream thing? Thing I was doing it through uh, a program called Open Broadcaster Software. Okay. Um, I I didn't. I guess I could have done it through uh, Steam. I didn't even think of it, but no, I, I have done that uh, in the past though with one of my friends. But I was not that night. I need to uh, downscale my resolution so it's uh, proper with what the game is i think that game only runs in like a max of like 640 by 480 so oh man little little dated but uh still so fun oh my gosh and uh speaking of star wars i just saw a tweet from uh the force awakens that says trailer two soon dot dot smiley face have you felt it (laughs) um i don't know if i want to feel that Dude, you want to feel the Force Awakens trailer? <laughs> <laughs> That's that is awesome though. Um, I am now frantically looking for my twi- Twitter to see if I can see that as well. Uh, I don't Breaking know if you know news. this or not, but I am <laughs> definitely <laughs> a Star Wars fan. Uh, I awesome. I gathered that since you're rocking the that is Republic Commando in your profile picture, isn't it? Oh yes, yes. Thank you for noticing. Looking forward to finishing that too. I had owned that in the past, and I never played through all of it, so I'm looking to get through that as well. One of the things about that game um, that I remember from the development cycle, because I watched that game uh, back when it was being developed, is that uh, they paid special attention to the sound design in that game. So when you're playing through it, if you have you know headphones or something, just take note of the sound design in that game because for the time, uh, they really did a really good job with the sound. And um, with that, too, that was one of the first games where you could command your squad in the way that oh, it has yeah, it. Yeah. So that it's really a good game with a good story. Um, and it, it ends in a cliffhanger, too. Good, excellent story, but it probably wasn't played a ton. The multiplayer I found a little lacking. It was kind of color by numbers for the multiplayer. But the actual story, and even t- with today's computers, uh, or not computers, but graphic standards, the graphics for that game, if you put it on full tilt, is actually not bad. Hmm. Do you know, does that tie into the Republic Commando uh, books at all? 
Yes, um, and I'm not sure exactly how, if the book is before or after, but it does tie in because it's the same characters. Um, okay, because I, I was just looking at my bookshelf behind me, and my, my brother-in-law had gotten these for me a couple years back. I haven't read them yet, but I have a trilogy of Republic Commando. Uh, looks like Triple Zero, True Colors, and Hard Contact. Yep, that sounds about right. I'll so have to read those. That's uh, that's that's great. I mean, that makes me really want to play it right now. I played that originally <laughs> on Xbox, uh, back when it came out. That is a good okay. game. I have that on on my Steam, by the way. If you ever want to play it, just let me know. Maybe we can. I I don't play on PC much, if at all. Um, and so I would be horrible at it, but, you know, just to play Republic Commando, I would probably do that again. It's not co-op, but it's an adversarial multiplayer, but Okay, yeah, that's, uh, that's what, good stuff. Uh, my one friend, uh, Steve, we were talking about doing is, like, hooking up, because I, I know the servers are down through Steam, um, but it has, there's, there's, uh, I think a program called Game Ranger that you can use to connect, but also, um, we might just use Hamachi, and that, like, replicates the TCP like a local area network via online. So you your game thinks you're connecting to a LAN game, but you're actually connecting to a, a networked game online. So we might try to do that and play play some of that. So I'll definitely let you know. Awesome. Very cool. Anything else you've been entertained uh, by, my friend? I, I don't think so. I, I do have a, a guilty pleasure that my wife and I enjoy, Ooh. and that's uh, You might TV not want yet. to talk about that right now. <laughs> this is a clean podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was the After Dark version. No, that was a that was a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we watch. Um, it's actually I'll, I'll be recording it now to watch tomorrow. The uh, we watched on TBS King of the Nerds, uh, and it's an experience. But somehow it's a guilty pleasure. We keep watching King of the Nerds. What is, so? What is that? That is it's their third season. And think of your typical uh, reality show elimination challenge type thing. So. The first season, I think, was probably the best. They get maybe 12 of quote-unquote nerds that they bring in to live in this house called Nerdvana. And they compete. They start off in teams, and they're competing to be to sit upon the throne of games. The throne of games! So each week they kind of have... It starts off in team challenges, and then they'll have a team challenge. And whichever team loses... They have to have two members going to what's called the nerd off, and they vote on one player, and the other team votes on one player. It gets sent in, and then they compete head to head. And sometimes it's trivia. It's a variety. It's a weird, a variety of different competitions. And whoever loses gets eliminated from the show, and then it keeps moving forward. So, um, like the first season had, let's see, someone that was a NASA engineer. One person was a like a world like a world of warcraft youtuber and then you know typical gamers or uh some astrophysicists and just kind of all they tried to get pull someone from every sort of aspect like a comic book geek you know to get all those different niches uh covered and oddly enough uh women have won both both seasons it's been a woman that's won awesome that's but cool. uh, it's on the third season. The only problem we kind of have with it now is they're kind of focusing a little too much on, oh, let's get these nerdy people that are kind of socially awkward, and now let's let's just keep having drinks around them and see what happens when they get a little tipsy. And it's, <laughs> come on, producers, you know. So that that's a little disappointing. But anything to pump up the ratings. Exactly. So is it true? I I've heard it said, when you play, for the Game of Thrones, sorry, the Throne of Games. <laughs> 
you either win or you die. Well, at the end of the show, someone is, when they're walking down the gates horribly, you know, discouraged and defeated, they are either crushed, maimed, set on fire, or destroyed in some horrible CGI fashion. So <laughs> I will say yes. Yes, so, that is that is true. So d- define your statement, horrible CGI fashion. Is the CGI that's used to display it horrible, or is the actual act horrible? <laughs> A little bit of both. <laughs> like, like the, the two guys that host the show are... Uh, booger and skullnik from revenge of the nerds oh okay so <laughs> he always has something depending on what the challenge was like the first uh episode from this season they did uh it was trivia and for each they were both dressed up in these giant like godzilla-esque monster costumes and for each question they got right they got to rampage through part of this city and destroy it so when the guy got sent home it was like a giant godzilla foot that you know, <laughs> crushed him nice and that is my entertainment from this week nice well uh we are almost 20 minutes in <laughs> it's, that's why i'm like yeah that's my entertainment <laughs> nice uh but yeah i i've had a few things that have been entertaining me this week actually um and i i first want to give a shout out to idarb have you heard of idarb i had not heard of it until how did i see you were streaming it i think i either saw I don't know if it was on Twitter or if it was... It had to have been Twitter because I don't think it was... It wasn't the Married to the Games chat box. So it was definitely on Twitter. And I was like, Idarb, what the heck is this? So I looked <laughs> on it and I was I had no idea what was going on oh, until so like fun. that second match. And I was like, okay, it's like this weird sports mashup where they need to get the ball through that goal. And there's... Why is he fighting again? Why is he playing against a piece of bacon? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> because breakfast. <laughs> so idarb is kind of hard to describe but in a way it's like basketball or soccer or hockey where you have a goal on two sides of the map and you have characters that spawn on the left or the right side and a ball that spawns in the middle so you rush for the ball and then you can pass the ball between your characters and you try to either throw it or walk it into the uh, opposing person's goal but the opposing person who doesn't have the ball can try to steal it from you uh, knock it out of your hands you know intercept it and basically you're just playing to whoever can get the most points so and in addition to this it is very heavily reliant on not reliant but enhanced we'll say by social media interaction so like you saw that i was broadcasting on twitch it integrates with the twitch uh uh, chat box so if you were to do like a hashtag and then let's say ricky uh, you'd be Rickrolled. So it would come across <laughs> your screen, he'd be dancing, the song would play in the background, and then you can continue on. Uh, there were a a huge list uh, of Rick... Oh, not Rick Bulls. They call them hashtag bombs uh, that you could use in the game Okay. that were being uh, experimented on me by none other than uh, Mr. Josh Oaks. Uh, you may know him from uh, the Twitter sphere or from Xbox. Uh, he... Uh, he kept hashtag bombing me. He's like, I'm like, man, these things kind of drive you crazy. He's like, man, there's a whole page full of them. I'm like, man, I don't even know half the stuff that's happening on here because it'll like, it'll fill your stage with, uh, one of them was it filled it with beer or something like that. So you you kind of started to have these weird looking like beer goggle visions on. One would fill it with water. Um, it would make it all black. It would you know uh, try to induce like a someone to hurl or something like that by moving the screen all around really fast. It was crazy. 
Um, huh. And if you were if you were watching that on stream, I could understand that you're like, what the heck is going on? Yeah. But it is <laughs> it is very uh, very addicting and just fun to play. And not to mention, right now, if you have Xbox Live Gold on Xbox One, it is free for the month of February. Oh, very nice. So yeah, I've uh, been entertained definitely by that. Um, and I've also been entertained uh, by Halo, the Master Chief Collection. So, ah, <laughs> oh, you're taking me back. So with uh, with that, I was playing a little bit last weekend, and then some last night uh, with some folks from the Married to the Games community. Uh, where where we are both active members over there. Uh, there's a lot of good folks over there, um, and. There was an impromptu game session last night that was like eight of us just all of a sudden oh, nice. got together, and we were doing matchmaking, we were doing custom games. Uh, it, it was pretty crazy, and by the end of the evening, or I should say by the early morning, <laughs> I, I I was getting you know a little bit uh, ready to you know hang it up and go, and I was uh, entertaining the fellows in the chat by playing a a great little sound that I'll insert in here. So that's the sound that was playing while I was... <laughs> Every time I would I would die where I had a couple seconds, I would just play that for like two seconds and then go and then stop and go. It's just <laughs> the interesting things that you can find by searching Google when you have had a couple glasses of bourbon, I tell you. <laughs> now, how is the online experience with that? I know it was obviously plagued with issues out of the box but i mean have they gotten it stabilized now is matchmaking improved or it's definitely stabilized i would say um there are still some imperfections where it doesn't quite match you up quick enough or it just takes a long time to do so but we were matchmaking with our group uh, a couple times in there we were doing custom games which have no problems whatsoever um but yeah i mean it's not perfect yet but i mean it's it's a lot better than it launched with so if if anyone is wondering if Master Chief Collection is quote unquote fixed, um, I, the answer would be, sure, it works. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> uh, keeping it on the game front, I also have been. Uh, I played the latest episode of the Telltale Game of Thrones. Ah. So that was released uh, this past week, and I played through that last night, and I have to. I have to clear the air. There's been a lot of negative talk about Telltale's Game of Thrones. And I have to say I don't understand the negativity. Because from my opinion, my perspective, let's say, the first episode was one of the strongest episodes from the writing perspective, cliffhanger, impactful decisions that they've had. And it also, it pretty much ties for me with the uh, Wolf Among Us episode one. Oh, wow. Um, so, I mean, and, and it's pretty, it was good. A lot of people wrote it off, though. They don't think it's as good. They think, you know, they've lost a step. I don't see it. 
I think it's great. I don't think you should pass it up. I think you should definitely, if you're interested with it, and I don't know if it's because I'm familiar with the subject material, um, like the books and the TV show and stuff, mm-hmm. um, because it definitely interplays with the TV show. But it is really well written, excellently voice acted. Obviously, the animation is telltale animation, so it's not, it's in that art style, so it, it's, there's something to be desired there. But yeah, everything else is really good about that game. Like the music is is pretty good, and you need to check it out if you're on the fence about it at all. But I know a lot of forums or um, other podcasts that I've listened to have kind of downplayed it, and I think it's because they haven't they haven't played it themselves, and that they're just kind of going off of other people's word of mouth. And honestly, it's it's really good. The second episode even builds off the first momentum uh a momentum of the first episode so definitely uh if you are a game of thrones fan you need to check it out it's it's really it's it's good sweet yeah i've i've had uh i've been meaning to do but i mean i've got a backlog of i still need to finish walking dead I need to play through all of Wolf Among Us, so I've got a telltale. Not only do I have a backlog, but I have a telltale-specific backlog as well. So <laughs> it's 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 a bad bad situation. Oh, nice. So I mean that that's about it for uh, gaming for me. Um, as far as the TV side of things go, um, a while back, almost I think it was about a year ago, maybe a little more than a year ago now. Actually, there was a TV show on Discovery Channel called Klondike. Did you ever hear about that? Klondike. It sounds vaguely familiar. So it's the show about all these people that are lining up for this ice cream bar, and everybody's asking them what they would do for it. And people are doing these various... No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's a show about the gold rush, um, and not the one to go west, but the one to go north, uh, okay. up, up to the actual Klondike area. So uh, it's... It's three parts. Each part is two hours long, and um, it's interesting. I I didn't know if I would really take to it, and it's been on my DVR for ages. So I figured I would just actually give it a watch, and I watched the first episode, and it's compelling. So I have two more episodes of that to go, and uh, I will probably be watching that and finishing that this weekend. Um, but definitely interesting take huh. on the Western Gold Rush-type era. Um and some pretty good acting and really good visuals because it's on Discovery Channel. You know how they like to have a lot of the like uh, the visually stunning um, nature shots. There's right. there's a quite a bit of that honestly in the Klondike um, of the uh, untouched areas you could call it uh, that are in nature still even today. Huh. So um, that's one thing. The other thing, and I'm not going to go into spoilers at all on this, but I've watched the latest two episodes of Star Wars Rebels. I think it's episodes 10 and 11. Uh, maybe 11 and 12. I can't remember. Close um, enough. Yeah. And I can't remember the names of them off the top of my head. But they are really, really good. I think one's called A, a Call to Action. Yes, Call to Action and then Something Vision. Uh, yeah, A Vision of Hope, and then A Call to Action. So those are the latest two that I've watched. Um, and I have to tell you guys, if you are at all a fan of the wars, you need to be watching Star Wars Rebels. 
Yes. I completely agree. I think a lot of people were turned off during that initial uh, first episode because of the art style. Or everyone's like, oh, it's Aladdin, and you know all these jokes and that. But I'll admit those first couple episodes kind of dragged. But as this season's progressed, I mean, this show has really picked up steam, much like Clone Wars did, mm-hmm. you know, years back. And, and I I love that first shot on this most recent episode when the Star Destroyer is flying overhead. Oh, that was excellent, yeah. Oh, so good. It is so good. And I know a lot of people were, you know, worried by, like you said, the art style and those little jokes in there. It is it is a children's show, technically, yes, it's on Disney XD. However, it there are a lot of thematic elements that are definitely not children elements i should say um it deals there's been a couple episodes where it deals with you know the force um and the choices that you make between light and dark that were really good and i mean you have to remember that the original star wars movie was what a kids movie right yeah technically yeah because technically it was it was a kids movie and it was any of us that watched it we were most likely kids when we saw it right or we were, you know, a little bit older and just amazed by what they were able to do and became fans of it. This, this is bringing in a whole nother group of Star Wars fans. This is a this is bringing in the group that are following the crew of the Ghost, not the crew of the Millennium Falcon, not Anakin in the prequels, but this is. When you say, that's my Star Wars, you might be referring to the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, the Clone Wars. There are now people that Rebels is their Star Wars, and it is really good. So I definitely recommend it. There's only, I think, 12 episodes so far in this first season. I think there might be only a total of 13, maybe 14. Yeah, yeah, I think we're right near the end. Yeah. So... I know it's kind of difficult to watch. It's on Disney XD is when it airs. Um, I don't have Disney XD. I get it from Amazon uh, the day after it airs. So uh, it's it's available if, you, if you're looking for it. If you don't know what it is, uh, definitely uh, search for it and give it a chance. Do it. Do it. I'm really interested to see how this ties into the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting to see how that unfolds as we get closer. Yeah, it, and I'm... Just that they're bringing in a, di- a few different characters from the original trilogy, and the fact that so with Clone Wars and the prequels, you had an entirely different, we'll call it uh, star, f- um, uh, Starfleet, um, ship class kind of thing. You know, yeah, you had yeah. you had all the droids, you had all the uh, Republic ships, which were completely different than the original trilogy area. Yes. Now yep. you have the Empire with the Tie Fighters, and it just it feels right wouldn't you say reunited and it feels so good reunited and it feels (laughs) so good anyway continuing on so uh a couple more things on the tv front um there was this little thing on tv recently last sunday i don't know if you've heard of it uh there was some sort of game broadcast highest television ratings ever for a game i don't know the super bowl (laughs) Oh yeah, I I think it's it's a showcase of commercials with something in between. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I watched that definitely. Um, we typically go you know to the Super Bowl party somewhere to watch it, 
Uh, we that day received about 10 inches of snow on the ground, so we just kind of stayed at home that day and hoped that our power didn't go out. Uh, so we just stayed around home, watched that, me and my wife. What an excellent game. Uh, we're going to diverge into football talk a little bit here, folks, so skip ahead a couple minutes if you have no interest in football <laughs> talk. This game, I had no dog in this race. No. Nope. Okay? I, I'm a Rams fan, so my team wasn't in it. However, the Seattle Seahawks are in the NFC West, which is the same division as my Rams, but that didn't mean anything. I I wasn't really necessarily going for either team. I just wanted it to be a good game, and boy, was this a good game. Yeah, I, man, I like, I watched, I paid attention to the, to the first half, you know, I watched all of that, and then, you know, I watched halftime, and then, uh, I kind of I was kind of zoning out um, during the third quarter, and it was just fun to see how my Twitter feed would blow up based on uh, a certain commercial or um, a play. With clearly, clearly, I think uh, Liam Neeson with his Clash of Clans was that was the big winner. Angry Neeson fifty two, <laughs> best name ever. And man, I, I I started watching once that fourth, you know, probably the last. The, I pretty much watched the whole last ten minutes of the fourth quarter like diligently. And man, what a finish! Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought for sure. I mean, first of all, you know, Seattle takes the lead, and then Brady does what Brady does best and marches down, takes the lead back. It's like, man, Seattle. There's no. They just gave up that touchdown. There's not enough time. I don't know if they can do this. And then they march down the field, and then to have what transpires. The way it did, uh, I, I'm sure I was like everyone else in the country, in the world, that was just like, why would you pass? Why <laughs> would you pass? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody that was watching that game had to have thought, Seattle's got this in the bag. They're winding down the clock. Marshawn Lynch is on the field, yeah. well, feeding well, it to him, the, you four had that downs. Same, that crazy reception, just like you know the David Tyree catch for the New York <laughs> Giants. I mean, this guy... Bounce somehow juggles the ball, keeps it off the ground, and catches it on his back to get the him concentration, like, yeah, man, to get him inside the ten yard line. I was like, oh my gosh, they're gonna do this. This is incredible, and yeah, yeah. But I mean, the final score twenty four twenty eight. You can't ask for a much better game in a Super Bowl. I, these teams were definitely evenly matched. It was a good, uh, good matchup, and. You know, a lot of people might say, I didn't see that one coming, this or that. You know who did see it coming? Madden. Madden. And Madden, so not only did it correctly predict the score with uh, the Patriots winning, but it predicted them overcoming a 10-point deficit just like they did in the game. That's so nuts. That is nuts. I <laughs> When that was happening, I was like, "There, this is crazy. I mean... I think there's going to be a lot more attention in the next coming games paid to the Madden predictions. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, that was an excellent game. Um, If every Super Bowl was like that, it'd be be great. It just, it definitely uh, wiped out the taste from the last Super Bowl. Um, That was just an utter blowout. Yes. Um, So it was really good. The The only downfall this time was the commercials were not so great. The commercials were depressing. The, the the kid from the kid. Nationwide that yeah. I wanted yes. to do this and this and but I died. <laughs> what? Yeah, and then like all the there were a lot of dad commercials too about being a dad and being the don't don't be a race car driver, not be around the kids. And, <laughs> uh-huh. uh huh. 
it it was there was a lot of a lot of interesting commercials that's for sure but i mean and the weirdest thing for me was that was it is it game of war and then obviously the yes. Liam Neeson commercial so there were a couple mobile app games that are technically like those free to play type games that were paying the super bowl commercial fee which i think is 4.5 million for 30 seconds yeah it's something ridiculous like that so i mean that has to tell you right there that those mobile games even though they are quote unquote free you are paying for that yeah, game they're when you're doing well it. well i have to say you know game of war is doing very well to like the probably the 13 to 19 year old demographic with kate upton and all their advertising <laughs> they're they're definitely playing for a specific demographic there <laughs> uh and I, I did have to put up with uh some fo- uh super bowl fallout with some memes with uh katie perry's you know giant uh lion that she wrote in on <laughs> saying as because i'm a lions fan only time a lion's been in the super bowl it's like, oh, uh, so but true. that one hit home it's I, so true. I put up a picture. I don't know if it was on Twitter or on Facebook afterwards uh, that I saw of uh, it was uh, a picture of I think it was the original Power Rangers that had the White Ranger rolling in on a uh, a Megazord thing um, <laughs> that was looked like a lion, and it was like the, the caption was Katy Katy Perry becoming the Super Bowl all like, and then it had that picture underneath of it. It was it was funny. <laughs> I think I saw that too. Oh man, uh, but. So that was the uh, the Super Bowl in a nutshell. Excellent game. Um, looking forward to next season. Next year, uh, the Rams will be in the Super Bowl with uh, uh, the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> um, and uh, after the Super Bowl, the Blacklist returned. Um, I don't know if you... Do you watch the Blacklist at all? I have not watched the Blacklist, and I kind of... I was thinking about it. I'm like, I don't know why I don't watch the Blacklist. I kind of want to check it out. James Spader. Yeah, James Spader. Hello. I mean, that, that's all you pretty much need to say right now. And uh, but it, it's there's it's no back. strings on James Spader. There are no strings on me. Such a good oh, man. I can't wait for that movie. Anyway, um, so yeah, the blacklist is back now. It's airing on Thursday nights on NBC, uh, and you can watch the first season, maybe from the first. I think it's the first season, yeah, on Netflix. The oh, second cool. season is airing now. All right, I'll, we'll have to check that out then. Yeah, so uh, definitely an interesting show. And finally, we have a oh return my. of the Amiibo chat. Amiibo! So, uh, as as our loyal listeners know, I have a collection of Amiibos. And uh, I have them all, currently. I have the newest acquisitions that I got, uh, Bowser, and uh, I got Rosalina from Target. I ventured out and was able to get one of those on Sunday, and I have all of them on pre-order still to come, except for the latest wave of the Mario Party figures, but uh, I'm currently still complete and whole, and I'm supposed to be getting my Lucario's from uh, Toys R Us pretty soon, too, but... Just wanted to give a little update that I uh, got a couple extra Amiibos now, and the Rosalina ones are pretty hard to come by. If you see them in Target, you want to grab those up pretty quick. I'm going to just throw this out here right now. That Skype out on me for the past uh, probably 30 seconds of that, so I will just agree with everything you had to say because I know it was was golden. Oh, it was golden. (laughs) I have to say that I finally have acquired my second Amiibo, so... 
What'd you get? I'm pretty stoked about that. I got a fox. And what'd you get before? So what are the two amiibos that you have? I have a Link. And the past. Yes. And now uh, I have a fox. I which it's been really weird because he's, I'd say probably besides like these other, of the previous waves, I'd say probably Captain Falcon's probably the rarest now, but, um, Marth yeah, probably Fox, still. Uh, Marth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Good point. And like Fox would never be in stock, but he would actually, he would come up and I've been using a, like this price tracker site that would send me an email alert whenever he showed up for 1299. And I'd always like twice it showed up on Best Buy and I couldn't remember my password to log in to <laughs> check out, so I'd miss out every time. Well, then I switched it up to get a text alert, which would buy me a couple extra minutes. And once again, I got the notification, couldn't remember my password again, and I swear I just changed it. And I missed out, and I was like, whoa. So I tried again, and I was able to buy it. And I was like, what the heck? So, and, like, my shipping option was, you know, standard for, like, $2, and it would be here by, like, the 16th. I was like, whatever. That's fine. It's going to deliver tomorrow. Took nice. two days. Took two, two days. So I feel bad for anybody that paid extra for shipping, but uh, yeah, I, I've been getting price alerts on Fox pretty much like four times a day these past two days. So Fox has been coming into Best Buy stock uh, pretty regularly. So. So when it comes in, are you planning on opening it up? Oh yeah. When you do, uh, take note because I want to know what does the fox say. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Uh, he's here all he's here all night. Alright, so let's get into some news. Dun, 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 dun. We have a couple breaking news stories that are developing as we record, so uh, we don't have all the details on these. But first, I want to cover this one. Because I know, Jason, you want to cover the next one. Probably. What do you call a radar? Uh, I, I don't know. What do I call radar? Mr. Radar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Spaceballs 2 <sighs> is possibly in the works. Mr. Uh, Mel Brooks says he's, he wants to do it. He wants to do Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money. And he wants to get everybody on board, including Rick Moranis. So, what do you think? I mean... I personally love Spaceballs. There are so many quotable things about that movie. I mean, you got Mel Brooks playing Yogurt, President Screw. <laughs> uh, you got Lone Star using Jam. <laughs> it's nearly as large as other Schwartz's, you know. <laughs> Your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> <laughs> the comb in the desert. I mean. <laughs> comb the desert. <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, it, I mean, it's a classic. Here's the question, though. Has Justin seen it? Ooh. Justin, tweet at entertaining <laughs> if you have seen Spaceballs. <laughs> He's probably like, wait a second, give me an hour and a half, and I'll tweet you. <laughs> uh, space, Spaceballs is, is so good. Um, and I, I would definitely love to see Spaceballs, too, just, just for the sheer comedic factor. Um, and... The reports would be it would come out after The Force Awakens, obviously. They'd have to wait until that comes out. And I'm sure there would be some sort of references. I could see it already in my head, the the Yamaka lightsaber or something like that, maybe. But uh, it would be interesting to see what they do with that. <laughs> yeah, you know they definitely would pull apart the that new saber. Yeah. 
So anyway, that is breaking uh, and developing as we record, so uh, maybe we'll have more on that next week. However, there is something else breaking up. Justin is not here to take it. So, Jason, uh, take I'll, it away. I'll step in here. It is rumored that Netflix is working and developing a live-action Legend of Zelda series. What? Yeah, that's, that's my reaction, too. Uh, <laughs> it's apparently in the early stages of development on a live-action series based on Zelda, who, if you're not familiar, is about an ordinary boy named Luke who must re- Luke. Wow, <laughs> Luke. Got, someone's got Star Wars on the brain. Lonk. Luke boy named who finds Link. a lightsaber for an old man. <laughs> yeah. You know, there honestly, there are a lot of similarities. There are uh, <laughs> named Link who must rescue a princess named Zelda and save the fantasy world known as Hyrule and blow up um, the space station. Right? <laughs> yes. That's no moon. <laughs> it's uh, rumored that uh, they want this to be. It's des- been described as Game of Thrones, but for the family. So uh, take that take that as you as you will. Um, <laughs> I don't even think you can edit Game of Thrones to be family friendly, <laughs> right? It would be five minutes long. Instead of people dying every episode, they get grounded every episode. <laughs> Ned you Stock, you have been grounded. No. <laughs> Um, I don't know what to make of this. Um, this article that I first saw this on was from the Wall Street Journal. It's talking about how protective Nintendo has always been over their 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 IPs and everything. And uh, like with Zelda, there was a an animated show back in mm, let's see '89, and it was only one season. And we all know what happened with Super Mario Brothers in '93. And uh, yeah, it's I don't me, Mario. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's gonna be a there's I don't know. It's very early planning. I think they they don't even have a writer um, fully assigned to this. So there's probably a good chance that either Nintendo or Netflix will axe this before it ever comes to light. But I just don't. I don't know. I don't know how you would do that, especially if you're gonna. I could see if you weren't gonna focus on Link and Zelda and Ganon and all that, and you did something else set in Hyrule somehow. But I I feel like that's gonna turn off a lot of people if you have Link and have a. a face and a voice to link because he's never talked in any of the games right uh i think he the only thing he's ever talked in are those terrible Philips cdi games mm. that uh like the laser disc games that came out which have it, it's worth looking up just to see how the really bad animated cutscenes and the voice work but, but other than that no aside for like the the grunting and yelling ah. yeah. yep there you go that's about it yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I part of me would be thrilled to watch something like this, but I'd be I'm very hesitant at the same side at the same same side of that conversation. So let me ask you this: You woke up this morning, got ready for work. Did did you anticipate? Was it even on your radar? Like, hey, you know, it'd be cool a Zelda series on Netflix. <laughs> uh, definitely not. <laughs> Ah, oh, well. Well, you know what is coming to Netflix? Uh, some cool things that you're going to tell me about right now? The Man with No Fear. Yes. So, uh, there was a Daredevil trailer uh, released this week. Showed a little bit more of the uh, show that is coming out soon in the spring. Um, not a whole lot to really talk about, but definitely look up for the trailer if you're interested and give it a shot. Uh, another trailer, or I guess you could just call it a teaser, 
during the Super Bowl, I I heard something. I heard an audio cue that I hadn't heard since a long time ago. And that was uh, the audio cue that you would typically hear at the beginning and end of each episode of Heroes. So Heroes Reborn had a little teaser that was airing during the Super Bowl. Have you ever watched Heroes? I watched Heroes religiously season one. Season one was excellent. Season two was season two with the writer's strike. Yeah, that was the one that killed it. So I watched that and I think I watched like the first couple episodes of three and I never finished it. I don't was there a three? Ah, I, gosh, I could have swore there was. No, let me, let I, me to, I, to the Google. I just looked at my collection, and I have <laughs> I have Heroes, the first season, on HD DVD. <laughs> and I have the second season on Blu-ray. So I, I think I would have gotten the third season, even though I didn't like it, just for the collection's sake. Um, okay. But uh, I don't think there was a third season. All I think right. second I'm, I'm going to blow so your mind right now, then. What According to w- Wikipedia, we have Volume 1, Genesis, which was Season 1, 23 episodes. We had Season 2, Volume 2, Generations, which was 11 episodes. And then Season 3 is comprised of Volume 3, Villains, and Volume 4, Fugitives, which is 25 episodes. And then, which looks like that aired September to December of 2008 and then February to April of 2009 and then we have Volume 5 Redemption which is Season 4 18 episodes which aired September 2009 to February 2010 Please excuse me while I go to Amazon to make purchases <laughs> <laughs> well, That's interesting I was going to ask you if it was worth watching any of those other seasons because I know I never finished Volume 3 but I, I remember just being hooked on that show I, I think I liked Heroes so much for the same reason I liked I like Watchmen so much is it shows it's Watchmen a little more a little more in the fantasy realm but with Heroes it's like you're seeing real life people with special abilities and how that would quote unquote realistically be yeah. you know and just the way that whole the way the whole first season played out with you you know yeah first of all you got save the cheerleaders save the world shoved down your throat but mm-hmm. I mean the fact that you had, you know, this this time travel aspect, and you see how one character is so nerdy and terrible, but the future him, he's badass and has this sweet katana. What's going to happen, you know? Hiro Nakamura. And plus, you know, Siler was, like, wicked crazy, mm-hmm. so that was cool, too. But, yeah, that second season got really weird. Yeah, that that's a good show. I think it might actually be on Netflix or maybe Amazon streaming. It's on one of those two, I think, so... I might have to make sure I've watched all that again, just to, just to uh, make sure it wasn't as bad as I remember. Yeah, I want to watch it now. Yeah, but so, let's talk about Heroes Reborn a little bit then. Yeah, I don't really know a, a whole lot about Heroes Reborn, and I kind of want to keep it that way. Honestly, I don't want to be. There's so much coming out, and there's all it. It's a long time, honestly, until Heroes Reborn does come out. However, the one thing about Heroes Reborn that's different from the other heroes is. It's more of a one-shot or a standalone, so they're kind of building it as just a multi-part story. Um, and I'm sure if it does well, they will do like another season of it, but it's kind of built to just stand on its own, which I think is smart. So that way there's no cliffhangers if it doesn't come back. It's all pretty much tidied up. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what, what they do with that. Hmm. I like how uh, it, it shows you what's that uh, the character right there that they show in the teaser. I can't even think of his name. 
Um, the the guy in the glasses. Yeah. I can't remember. But I love how he's shown like front and center to that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm thinking they're getting a lot of the cast back. I I don't think Zachary Quinto is going to be back. Though. No, I I think I heard that he wasn't. He's interested in doing other things. So. Yeah, he's he's up trekking in the stars. Uh, all four seasons are on Netflix. I can confirm. Awesome. So I will have to make sure I watch that again. That that was a good show. There's a lot of uh, TV on Netflix that I've been kind of discovering that I want to watch again. But you know what I have been watching, uh, and I I usually watch an episode at least when I'm working out. Um, is on Amazon Instant Video Streaming. If you have Prime, you can watch Batman the Animated Series. Oh, nice. That is a blast from the past, my friend. But I, it is Captain so good. Clown. <laughs> it is so good. Mark, I'm sorry, not Mark. Uh, yeah, Mark. Mm-hmm. Mark Hamill as the Joker in that TV so show. So good. <sighs> so good. But anyway, um, yeah, so definitely add that to your Netflix queue if you are interested in seeing how they did superhero tv not long after iron man came out they were trying to capitalize on you know iron man and kind of the superhero movies making it big in theaters and kind of doing their own thing and made the heroes series so definitely something to check out yes and one more trailer uh debuted this past week and it debuted originally in the imax theaters after the final two episodes of season four of Game of Thrones played in the IMAX showings, which, by the way, um, had a very, very good uh, opening weekend, even though uh, it was limited to, I think, 600-some theaters. It still did, like, 1.6 million. So it had a very limited showing, but per theater, uh, that was equivalent to American Sniper. Um, So very, very interesting to see that performing as well as it did. So I think it'll probably bring more cinematic TV shows like that to a format in the theater. So, interesting. But, uh, so the Season 5 trailer was debuted in IMAX and then shortly thereafter online. uh, So you can kind of see the trailer for Season 5 of Game of Thrones. Nice. Continuing. Um... Before, uh, last week we kind of mentioned this, and at the outset of this this episode, I also brought it up that Star-Lord, a.k.a. Chris Pratt, and Captain America, a.k.a. Chris Evans, made a bet on the outcome of the Super Bowl. And they made good on that bet, uh, I think it was yesterday. Uh, Chris Pratt dressed up as Star-Lord and went to Chris Evans' hospital. Um, And that was in... Uh, Children's Hospital, I should say, and that was in Boston. So um, Chris Evans was there, and Chris Pratt, I saw some of the pictures, was dressed up just like Star-Lord. It looked really good, and uh, the kids looked like they were having a blast having him be in there. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it doesn't stop there with these guys. They're actually going to uh, do both sides of the bet. Even though the Patriots won, they will still go to the Seattle children's hospital out there of chris pratt's choice and captain america will be visiting with children out there so again folks these news stories don't get enough publicity but we sure like to hear them here at that's entertaining this is true ghostbusters what do we, what do we have oh man that's who you call when there's something strange in the neighborhood you know that i but, do know that <laughs> there's a so 
we'll just touch on this for a minute because it's kind of old. I think it broke when we were recording last week, honestly, um, that the all-female cast of Ghostbusters has arrived. And I think I remember hearing you say you were a Ghostbusters fan. Am I correct? I I am. I am. I liked... Uh, I always watched Ghostbusters uh, growing up. I think I had... I think I had it recorded off a of television or something on VHS, and which is how I watched it. Because I, I still, still to this day, I don't actually own it in a media format that I could watch. But I've, you know, I've seen it so many times. I owned like Ghostbusters two for NES <laughs> because the original was hard, so hard, and the second one not really any easier. But you know, I, I like both films. Uh, I know the second one is probably not nearly as good as the first. But it's it's so funny to go back and with anything like that came out around this time with the 1989 Batman and this film. It's so fun to watch something that I had watched so many times as a kid and then go back and to revisit it now because you don't understand any of the innuendo and all the other things that were going on in the movie. And you're like, oh, <laughs> this is a whole new perspective. Yeah. They just did a 4K restore of the original Ghostbusters, correct? I believe so. I think it was last year. At some point, they did that. They had special showings in theaters, and also released the Blu-ray of it. Oh yep, yep, yep. So yeah, what do you, what do you think of this casting? You know, um, it's going to be interesting how this pays out. I, I'm kind of. It would have been nice to see to have the original cast members. They'll make and cameos. I, obviously, I mean, you have to think when you had when you lost Harold Ramis, how we did. That that scratched the idea of like the original idea, which was you know I'm sure to have a have the original cast together and to do a passing of the torch to a new generation type thing, you know. So I'm kind of I'm glad that you're gonna get because that's kind of been done a lot in films. So I'm kind of glad we're gonna see this whole new spin on it, and with some with some female actors that are really you know catching their stride in in film and success. So, um. I'm interested to see if if they, are they going to be entirely new characters or are they going to somehow try to spin the the characters that we know into a female role? You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think this I think this could work well. I think it, just alone with you know Kristen Kristen Wiig and um, was it Molly McCarthy or Melissa McCarthy? Um, Melissa McCarthy. I always confuse her first name for the character's name on her one sitcom, but. <laughs> Just, just those two alone have done have been pretty highly uh, hilarious. So I think uh, I'm excited to see how this fledges out. I know my wife's really looking forward to it because she really likes uh, Melissa McCarthy. So I don't yeah, know. So that that cast uh, just just to give everybody a, uh, a just a, a a cast list of the people that will be in the new movie. It's going to be Chris. Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Kate McKinnon, and Leslie Jones. And you you probably know um, Wig from SNL. McKinnon's on there now. Uh, Jones, she's been on there recently. And then, uh, like you said, uh, Melissa McCarthy's on her own TV show. So, yeah. That's uh, upcoming. A work in progress, shall we say. Mm-hmm. And another bit of casting news, you know, with The Force Awakens being so much on the forefront, everybody is kind of really thirsty for, for that, the standalone movie that is coming next year is kind of flying under the radar right now. But uh, there is a bit of casting news 
from this first standalone movie. Felicity Jones is going to be a lead in the new Star Wars movie. What do you think about that? You know, I've I've paid attention to the stories about like the with who's been departing who and like the writing changes and things like that and who's going to be directing, but man, I feel like it's so far out right mm-hmm. now that part of me I'm like, man, I don't know how seriously I want to I want to take into any news like casting or things like that, but I, I'm not even familiar with any of her her body of work at all, like what she's even done. So, um, I guess I'm impartial on that. I've I, it's I, I I've heard people say like they're already speculating. Oh, she must be. It's going to be a a prequel, and she's going to play the mother of Daisy Ridley's character in Episode Seven. It's like oh my gosh, speculation is flowing. So, I'm more interested. In, I want to know what the first spinoff film was going to be about i I honestly don't care who's going to be casting it yet i just want to know what the plot like what the target of that film is going to be because you've heard oh there's going to be a boba fett film or there's Mm. going to be a young han solo film or maybe there's going to be one about yoda Mm -hmm. that's what i'm that's what i'm most interested in so uh it's i'm i'm assuming she has to be a decent actor if she's gotten the attention so so she uh was Listeners will most likely recently know her from The Theory of Everything. She played Jane Hawking, Stephen Hawking's wife, in that movie. Oh, uh, okay. And she also played Felicia Harding in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I still have not watched that. Oh. We'll see. There you go. But I'm, I, I, I'm I can't really say I'm apparently very biased against Fox and Sony. Yeah. Uh, you're not really missing a whole lot with Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> 2, though. Uh, sad to say. However, uh, so that's... It. I know, like you said, it's so far out, casting news, whatever, but yeah, I'm just so excited for Star Wars. I Any Star Wars news, I'm just gravitating to it, needing it up. Although, at the same time, I'm trying to stay away from spoilers, like, you know, actual plot spoilers. There's theories, yeah. which are one thing, but spoilers are something entirely different. So, like, when, when it comes time in December for the movie to come out, I'm going to probably avoid any... Uh, like novelizations of it or comic book adaptations of it until I see the movie and then I'll like read the other material for it. But yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to going to the theater in December and checking out. Oh yeah, man. I, I've just gone down an IMDB rabbit hole here by looking her up because it has her listed as an untitled star Wars project. So I click that and then I get listeners will also like, um, Star Wars Wrath of the Mandalorian. Ooh. What looks to be... I'm assuming it's a fan film. It's a short 2008. It has a 5 out of 10 review, which that's slightly <laughs> disappointing. But it looks really cool. The cover art, it's got like Boba Fett and then uh, Vader's like reflection in his visor, which I like. And then there's another fan film it links to called Dark Resurrection. And I think I've watched this one. Another fan film... Sometimes the production quality is pretty impressive on those, but mm-hmm. very hit and my, very hit and miss. But yeah, uh, we could go down a Star Wars rabbit hole for the whole rest of this podcast. We can't do that. We we have an agenda to attend to. You know, really, that's a whole another podcast, right? God, yeah. Continuing maybe, on, maybe Marvel. it is another podcast. <laughs> Uh, so just a couple uh, more bits of news. I'll, I'll take this one, then you can take this last one. Um, okay. Marvel announced, continuing with the all-female casting, 
uh, of Ghostbusters that there's going to be a comic book featuring an all-female cast of Avengers. So there's not a whole lot been uh, been bandied about about this yet. This was actually just announced today by Marvel, but uh, that will be coming soon. So it's it's cool to see that um, it's not just a boys' game anymore. I mean, you got the female Thor. Uh, I mean, you've got uh, a lot more. you got, like, Spider-Gwen and different comic books featuring strong women characters coming out. It's it's great to see that they're, uh, the perception of women in comics has changed a lot since even the 90s. Uh, yeah. It's, it's been uh, a steady but sure change. And, you know, in the past couple of years, it's really, really gotten more level playing field. So it's really cool to see. And I really think that... Uh, It'll be interesting to see how they do. Yeah, I think uh, the local comic shop I like to go to in town here, they actually have, uh, they do a podcast that covers um, comic releases and news of that nature. And I think uh, Captain Marvel was the one of the biggest selling from 2014. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that when it came out, that was actually pretty big. And from what I remember, I, I didn't get a chance to read that series yet, but I plan to. Um, it it was actually a really well done series. Good storytelling all around. Hmm. So I have to make a note. Yeah, keeping with Disney and Marvel, Jason, what what are they doing? What are they got well, cooking? Apparently, uh, Bob Iger, uh, Disney CEO, has tossed out the possibility of a new direct to consumer offering. Um, that he was it was in response to a question he was asked on a call with analysts about, um. They're involved. Disney's involvement with like Dish Network's new Sling Television service, and they're saying that there's definitely an opportunity for them to do something involving that and other Disney brands, and more specifically looking at an opportunity with Marvel and even possibly Star Wars getting involved and offering some sort of streaming subscription that would you know you could see along with Sling or other uh, you know streaming office streaming service offers. Um, it's probably nothing to get excited about yet and very much rumor, but I mean, how, I don't know about you, but how sweet would it be that you had a dedicated channel that is nothing but Star Wars and superheroes? <laughs> uh, it would never leave my television. That, it'll, it'll be that or games. So. <laughs> right? Uh, it looks like he's also quoted saying that over time they want to develop a, quote, closer relationship to the consumer that can be mined for other revenue-generating purposes. I think this is going to be larger and larger in terms of Disney's future. So uh, it looks like they also want to provide customers with experiences that they want and demand. So interesting thing about Iger is that he was originally, I think, he was supposed to be done as CEO, was going to step down, and then um, you know, I think after the Marvel deal and all the, the, you know, probably the Star Wars acquisition, he's like, you yeah, know, I'm just going to ride this money train out. Yeah, his contract is coming to a completion, but I'm pretty sure the board will say, "Hey, let's go ahead and uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and be friends." <laughs> right. Let's keep printing money, shall we? <laughs> and you know, it's funny that uh, we're talking about Marvel here, because that brings us to this week's entertaining thoughts.
so this week we are beginning our look at the Marvel movie series. Ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake, this will be a long haul, but this will be worth it. So just to give you a quick outline, we're going to do uh, the Avengers movies, starting now with Iron Man, and we'll be going through the Phase 1 movies, uh, taking a little bit of a break in between and doing a couple other things. But then we'll be coming back to Phase 2, and then we will be uh, ending with a weekend of release with Avengers Age of Ultron. So, uh, without further ado, let us begin our look at the Marvel movie series with Iron Man, starring Robert Downey Jr. Um, and just as a side note, uh, we've, we've done movies, our discussions a little bit uh, differently. We've done kind of just, you know, going through the outline of it. We've taken detailed notes as we watched them, just kind of did a play-by-play. We're going to do this one a little different. So uh, we're going to just talk about this movie like we just walked out of the movie theater. Uh, try to keep it in chronological order, but we want to make sure that we hit on the main points and make sure that we give this movie the attention uh, that we both think it deserves. Because, Jason, I'm sure you agree, as far as comic no. book movies go, this is in my top five. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. And for me, honestly, my favorite comic book hero on the Marvel side, and maybe even in, in total before this movie came out, was always Iron Man. Um, I was probably in the you know the 10% who were super stoked when they announced this, and when they announced that Robert Downey Jr. was to be cast, I was just like, this this movie can't come soon enough. It's, it's about the uh, excitement that I feel now with Star Wars, honestly. But this movie came with a director that hadn't done a whole lot that I had really paid attention to or seen with John Favreau. Before this movie came out, do you remember any movies that you saw from John Favreau? Uh probably that I had I I have seen at the time, no. Now, yes, but I don't think I had uh probably the only the most notable thing I knew him from was like was Swingers. Mhm. But um I don't think so. Yeah. So, I mean, they announced the cast. Obviously, Robert Downey Jr., excellent. At the time, honestly, it was a risk. Uh, I think this was his first movie after his kind of rehabilitation uh, where he kind of went off the deep end, you know. Um, And he came back here for this, which honestly is an amazing bit of casting because the character of Tony Stark from the comic books is a very, I don't know if you would say tortured individual or or how you would really call it but his robert downey jr's life experiences and the life experiences of tony stark before he became iron man really mirrored each other so i I always thought that that bit of casting was excellent but so with this movie we begin in the desert with robert downey jr's character tony stark uh, in route to a weapons demonstration. And I always remember that opening scene where, you know, he comes in there, the guys are taking the picture, he's like, no gang signs. Nah, I'm just kidding. You could throw them up. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's, I mean, it, it it's, that sets the tone right yeah, there. They, that, do, that they do a great shot. job of, of laying out right there what Tony Stark is. And, you know, kind of a larger-than-life playboy, I-do-whatever-I-want, you know, attitude, you know, 
kind of I only think about myself. Mm-hmm. The world is my oyster, you know. Yep. And it it really I mean the way he demonstrates his his weapon there of uh, the missiles, I forget what he called the missiles. Um I want to say Icarus missiles, but it doesn't sound right. Uh yeah, that's not that's not ringing a bell for me what those are those are called again folks we're doing this as if we just walked out of the movie theater so no notes yeah Um, i could look it up but that'd be cheating yeah so uh so those missiles i mean he did that little demonstration raised his hands and everything and it it was just that was his character he was just full of himself just making money doing what he had to do you know hitting on the army girl when he was in route there too (laughs) um and then it just showed his uh how he how he was as a as a character before he got captured um and when you when you think back to that movie too what in the opening there what what's the first thing that catches you and really draws you in in this movie oh man i gotta try to remember everything we're talking about like that whole opening scene or right because it's it's that's the opening scene and then you know it it kind of flashes back and then it actually shows you to where he was when he got back there and then uh the fact that his convoy was attacked um and it just goes from there and it shows like i think it's in the opening credits too where it has the it kind of is going through the time magazine type uh, you know, person of the year, this picture, this headline with Tony Stark uh, and Obadiah Stane uh, going back and forth. So it was really a great establishing part there uh, when he doesn't even show up for that award. I mean, he was playing craft oh, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and then Rhodey, I think, has to come grab him. But it's uh, such a great character establishment with this part of the movie. And I don't think that they could have really done better, in my opinion. I mean, it was it was exactly what I thought it should be, and still stands to what I think it should be. Uh, it was it was excellently done to establish the character of Tony Stark before he was Iron Man. Yeah, and this was like this is probably the best of um, introduction I I got to Tony Stark too, because I I had read Iron Man a little bit growing up and i remember i I liked the character but i only had you know maybe four or five random comics of iron man but i really didn't know anything else about about tony stark or the character and then i had you know i drifted out of comics and had recently got back into them shortly before this had come out but um i still i still didn't know much about it so i think much like for many people this really just bolstered you know that character's popularity into the mainstream Mm mm-hmm yeah, so, so then you know he gets attacked by the con, uh, by the, I think it was the rings that attacked him, right? Um, they call uh, themselves the rings. Yeah, the rings. Uh, ten rings, ten rings. Yeah, the ten rings, which is a a play on the Mandarin character as well, um, because you know Mandarin has the ten rings that he makes him, uh, gives him his powers in the comic books, um, and it's interesting to to see what they want him to do. They want him to make these weapons for them, 
uh, when they capture him and take him into the cave. Uh, and it's him and a surgeon. And so they expect him to make these weapons, <laughs> just him and a surgeon. And I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't think that they understand that it takes more than just two guys really to make weapons like that. Not if you want to live. Yeah. So, but it, it was interesting too with, with this character, um, that the surgeon that saves his life really with the putting the thing in there to keep the shrapnel from getting to his heart from the battery, um, that he had met him before at a conference and, you know, Tony Stark doesn't recognize him. He doesn't know who he is, but I think in, in a later movie, he actually shows up again in like a, in a before, uh, shot. I think it was Iron Man three, maybe that he's in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we can look forward to that in a few weeks, but, uh, it, it's it's great establishing his character because when he has has to realize that he is no longer the perfect man, you know, he doesn't have he yeah, he priced he's stuck in a cave, he has money, but it doesn't do him any good here. Um his, you know, physical power is, you know, diminished because of this thing that could kill him at any moment. He's it's a teaching moment really for him as a character to that he's understanding that okay, now I, I'm understanding what's happening to him, that there's things bigger than just money, you know, the girls, uh, the power, just doing whatever you want to do. There's more to everything than that. And that's really what this what this uh, scene in the cave with him and the surgeon shows him and shows us as an audience, that this is his first changing moment. Um, and that's how we, we get to, to learn him to be, or that's how he learns to become the hero that he'll become later in the movie. But, so he's he's acting like he's making these missiles, right? And he's making these different things, and I think he's also, like, playing games and stuff in there with him, and they come barging in, and they're like, what are you guys doing? You're making, you gotta make this stuff. And they're, they're obviously working on the arc reactor that he actually puts in there, which, again, brilliant mind created this arc reactor out of nothing. Uh, <laughs> right. Spare parts. And spare parts scraps. and just melting the stuff to, uh, together to make that little uh, uh, that little bit of metal. I can't remember what it's called right now, but it's one of those comic book metals um, that make everything possible for the arc reactor. And so they give him these blueprints. He's trying to, to build a weapon for them, or so they think. And then what is he really building? Well, the suit of power. <laughs> The suit of power, the Mark One, right? The the towering behemoth. I oh, that thing. So, in the original comic books, you know, he, originally he had that big kind of suit that was very reminiscent of what they made here. Um, the suit I love is obviously the one that he gets later in the movie with the the gold and uh, red painting. But he starts with the Mark One. You have to start somewhere. He he was able to get out, um, in his suit and the the. The surgeon sacrificed himself so he could get out. Right. So, it in that little bit there with him seeing that people are giving up their lives for him, I think that he thinks back to this later on in the movie when he sees the people that are suffering uh, on the TV while he's kind of still creating his Iron Man suit. He, I think, he thinks back to that and how people are being oppressed by this group, and then he actually runs out and becomes you know, a vigilante at that point, an international one, I guess you could say, but, uh, yeah, yeah. 
a freedom fighter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it's it's really uh, awesome just to see his transition and how he gets out there. And when he when he does escape, they have the the awesome little Black Sabbath Iron Man cue when <laughs> yes. he busts out. You knew they had to have that in the movie somewhere. Oh yeah, I mean you you can't have a movie called Iron Man and not play the Black Sabbath Iron Man song. So uh, he makes the uh, the Mark One. It, it has some uh, fighting co- com- components. I mean not a whole lot. Uh, he has a little bit of weapons here, but the main weapon I would say is probably the flamethrowers that he had on it. Uh, yeah. He used that to to burn up his you know the stockpile of weapons and stuff that they had going in there and when he escapes too the people are the bullets are just bouncing off of him i think there's one shot of a guy that tries to you know shoot him in the head but the bullet ricochets off of him and ends up hitting the other guy that shot him (laughs) yeah yeah so uh such such a good scene with it with him going out there but what do you think in this in this opening scene um, before he gets saved by the by the army that comes looking for him, what are your standout rem- uh, shots that you remember from this bit? I think what stands out the most to me is probably the, the just when the convoy gets attacked and how like because it just happens so suddenly, you know, they're transporting because that was after he makes the presentation, the deal's done, and he's got doesn't he have champagne at that point? I think too inside the. The Humvee? Champagne, or maybe he's sipping on scotch or something, yeah. Something, you know, to celebrate. And then out of nowhere, like, the the, the like the front and the rear just get annihilated. And then he's, like, his transport gets attacked. And then you got the, the shell shock effect going on. And he doesn't know what's going on. And then I can't remember how, what, what does he get hit with that knocks him unconscious? I can't remember if... I think it's just a, a grenade or something that something like that. I, I just remember how sudden that was because oddly enough, with this whole film too, I did not see this in theaters. I remember, I don't know, I don't remember why I didn't go see it. I don't. I feel like I wasn't like really excited for it at that point because I think I was still under the whole, um, what what uh, X Men and stuff had done to mm. superhero movies, you know, I was kind of just like, I don't know what this is going to be like, and then I had watched, I didn't watch it until probably a couple years after release on DVD, and then I was like, why did I wait to watch this? That was amazing. Yeah, I mean, cause so, this is really the the first movie of the new comic book era, you know? Yeah, because yeah, because if this movie wasn't success successful, we wouldn't have any of these movies that we have now. Uh huh. And Marvel pretty much bet the farm on this movie honestly uh as their own movie house studio yeah yeah so i would say that that whole scene just because it was so abrupt and he didn't he didn't see any of that coming and it was just like whoa what the heck is going on you know Mm-hmm. so he gets saved um by being able to escape he has a little thing where he flies out uh, with his big old Mark One suit, and uh, the uh, the group, uh, not the group, the army comes and sees him. He's able to go back home to the United States, and gets a uh, a Burger King burger from what I remember product placement. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's you know he's eating those. He just wanted an American burger or something like that, and 
So he comes back, you know, he has this revelation that he doesn't want to make weapons anymore because he's seen what it does. I mean, I think the the missiles or the the grenades that blew up the uh, the convoy were actually Stark Industry weapons, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's one of those things where he, you know, he's holding that press conference and you know everybody's like yay welcome back and he's he's processing everything still he's he wants to be a different person now because he saw the the things that he's done and what he's created right. um and i like how you know he, he kind of just he goes to, i think he stands behind the podium at first and he's like no i'm just gonna sit down everybody sit down and everybody's like okay <laughs> so <laughs> yeah everyone sits down and we see agent colson uh who becomes a recurring character i think for the first time in this shot when uh, and we also see um, Pepper, you know, him and Pepper were talking back and forth, yeah. um, who is played by Gwyneth Paltrow, by the way, uh, if you didn't recognize that. And we also see Obadiah Stane uh, welcoming him back. Jeff Bridges, inspired casting, really well played by uh, by Jeff Bridges for this particular character that we'll, we'll elaborate on a little bit later. Um, and we also see uh, Jim Rhodes, Rhodey. In this movie, he's played by Terrence Howard. So, later on, uh, he might be recast as a different uh, character, but I, I enjoyed uh, Terrence Howard's portrayal of Rudy, honestly, but I think Don Cheadle's is better. Yeah, I liked, I liked Terrence Howard in this role, but yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they missed a beat by uh, recasting that with, with Don that they did. I think he's done great in that, uh, with that role in the, the next two films. Mm-hmm. So at the press conference, he says he wants to stop doing the move or doing the, uh, the the weapons. Obadiah Stane obviously disagrees with that sentiment from a business point of view. Uh, I think there's a, a a little scene between the two of them later on where they're talking about how stock is dropping for the company. Yeah, yeah. He's he's just making horrible decisions for the company, and that uh, I think that he's being removed from the board at some point. Yeah, I think they just have at that point uh, the board's gonna operate on its own and. Stark's just well I think he I think he didn't he like just stop showing up as well to any of the the meetings I think he kind of he kind of checks out he checks out and I think he just goes and starts building stuff at that point yeah in his in his garage with his machines and his Jarvis yeah uh and let's let's give a shout out to Jarvis too right uh voiced by Paul Bettany I believe yes who we'll see again in the flesh uh in uh age of ultron and who plays an integral role honestly because uh jarvis kind of helps him control the suit and obviously is his home automation bot um so uh i've always liked the way that paul bettany voices jarvis and i actually heard recently that he has never watched any of his movies that he was in for uh the marvel movies he's just done the voices but hasn't watched the movies oh wow so I thought that was interesting. Um, and now that he's actually playing a, a bigger role in the Age of Ultron, I think he said that he was going to have to start going back to him. His kids or someone, uh, some relatives uh, said that he's got to watch him or something like that. So I thought that was interesting. Um, huh. So you got Tony obviously kind of uh, going and just building stuff in his house, just kind of staying away from things. And I think he goes through another learning moment when he has to – not rely on himself and he has to rely on pepper to change the arc uh, reactor in his chest 
because uh, was it was it dying or well, why yeah did he, why did he have to yeah. do it? It was that first one was not powerful think, enough. Not powerful enough. Yeah, and he needed something that was more. I think the new one is like self-sustaining, possibly. Mm-hmm. So either way, he he developed a, an upgraded one that he needed to replace the old one out because I think I think it was failing. I think if he didn't change that out, it was going to fail and ultimately lead to his death. So right, and I think when he first. When he came back, we see the scene where he's in this room with that, a big arc reactor that's uh, like an energy producer, which is really what I think he wants to get into if he gets out of the weapon game. He wants to get into like the energy game, uh, which we see that expanded on later on in, an, in another movie. But it's, uh, it's I think, by him changing out that, um, that guy, he realizes he's able to power a better suit to do better and crazier things. Uh, and I think that's when he starts to get you know, working on his, is it the Mark II they call it, or maybe does it go like to Mark Three? Does he go through a few suits? Uh, I think, I don't know if they count those as suits or not. I mean, he obviously goes through trial and error while he designs this. I, it's, I want to say maybe it is only the Mark II, and then maybe towards the end? No. God, it's so hard to keep up, because I know he's done like the mark six i feel like by now but i don't i don't maybe it is only the mark two i don't know yeah i'm not 100 percent sure but you know he's going through you know his building process and everything and there's some nice bits of comedy uh when he's when he's making it because uh there's what, what's what's he called that robot that comes out there with the fire extinguisher oh gosh yeah what <laughs> like, i think he calls him like uh, doofus or something like that he puts a dunce hat on at some point yeah and tells him to go stand in the corner and if he sh- if he shoots him with the uh, fire extinguisher he's going to dismantle him or give him to a children's museum or something something like that so and he's doing his crazy experiments down there and uh i think he's realizing the potential at that point that he can really use um for for making the Iron Man suit, uh, with like the the pulse lasers that come out of his uh, the palm of his uh, suit, um, and also I think he then discovers you know what I, I can probably fly with this thing and uh, that little scene there I think I remember that from one of the opening trailers for this movie was that he was he was trying to fly, and so he was just doing the different power levels and things and then he just you know flips himself into a car or something like that <laughs> yeah yeah. It it was, it was really well done comedy, but not overly saturated, and I think that's you know that brings in one of those little droids again too to, uh, when he flipped off the car or flipped over the car, he was gonna you know, uh, put the fire extinguisher out, but there wasn't any fire, so nice little nod at the comedy, yeah. And then I I do just have to comment though, in his garage there were some nice cars. Oh I think, yeah. I think I saw a Shelby in there, a Shelby. Uh, original Shelby, uh, that race car looking one, the '98. Uh, I, I will just default to you on that because uh, my car knowledge is pr- probably pretty lacking. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was a Shelby, but uh, I could be mistaken on that. But uh, a lot of nice cars, a cool, a couple cool bikes as well. Um, unfortunately, I think most of those cars, if not all of them, kind of got either crushed or, you know landed on or <laughs> something at some point with him just you know messing up with this thing and then he goes for his uh, inaugural flight um and flies a little too high 
goes up yeah, in the upper atmosphere, test, I think, right? Tests the upper atmosphere and the, the, how cold that actually gets. Mm-hmm. And Jarvis is warning him about it. Um, and so this will play an important part later on, I think, during the final battle when he... I think he is able to learn from his pushing the limits here and take it a little bit farther at the end of the movie um, to see how that goes. But his initial flight uh, was pretty cool. He flies up. He goes up into the atmosphere. He gets frozen, pretty much, and kind of loses control and falls down, right? Yep. That's how I remember it. So he's got that little thing. I think there's like a, a kid in a Ferris wheel that saw him or something at one point. Uh, and then going on, after that, I believe he he goes ahead and tells Jarvis to paint that suit. And I think that's when we get the iconic gold and uh, red suit uh, paint job. Yeah, based on the the one hot rod that he has there. Uh-huh. So it's uh, a, a great little learning scene for him to become the, uh, the superhero. And then after that, you can... I think it cuts into a couple shots where as he's assembling this new version uh, and painting it, the the guys back in the desert are trying to reassemble that suit that he put together in the desert. So, and then um, it cuts back into the party where Agent Coulson finally gets to talk to Tony. And I think... I think Tony makes a scene here um, and makes a comment to a reporter. Or maybe he, this is where uh, Obadiah Stane says that he's out, pretty much, out of the company, right? Yeah, I think that's when... That sounds right. I... It's uh, like he tells him on the steps there. Yeah, I man, I, I'd wish I... I was hoping to get a chance to watch this before we did, and unfortunately, I didn't. So I'm re- I'm really pulling from distant memory. So I'm <laughs> gonna just default to whatever you believe. Here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's how it was. Um, again, folks, doing this from memory. Let us know if you don't like this approach. <laughs> and uh, so we see uh, him at the party there. I think there's a reporter there that asks him about Stark w- supplying the weapons for these terrorists that are you know oppressing people over in in that uh in the desert country yep and then that's when he sees on the news and he sees the guy that imprisoned him and then he, he decides that he's going to fly over there and take care of business uh where he uh is able to track you know the aggressors and against the civilians and just take them all out in like one fell swoop and one of the scenes that was really cool in that part was the tank so he just kind of sidesteps yes. a tank blast and then what does he do? He just eh, looks at it and fires this little tank at it, or this little missile, walks away, and then just blows up in the background. Yeah, that's a sweet little segment right there. Yeah. Sequence, rather. Uh-huh. And then I think the, the government's watching this all happen, and then uh, Tony is trying to fly away, and then these F-16s or, you know, some airplanes of some sort see him and then try to try to take him out. I remember this this part from a trailer as well. Uh, and I think he hits Mach at some point during this flight to try to get away. Yeah, yep. And calls Rhodey. He's talking to Rhodey. He's like, hey, uh, it's me. <laughs> that flying thing. It's <laughs> what me. Do you, what do you mean it's you? <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so he comes back, and then I think it shows us back in the desert again, and we see Obadiah Stane meeting with the terrorists, and we realize that Stane's really the bad guy here in the situation, that he set up uh, Tony to be killed, honestly. 
but I think that the Ten Rings wanted to hold him for ransom because he was worth more uh, that way, but Stan wanted him dead. And then the fact that they couldn't put the, the suit back together uh, because, you know, he did it with just, you know, trinkets in the desert. But it goes from there. I think he gets a hold of Pepper. Pepper goes to the office to, to try to find details on what was happening. Yeah, um, she gets... Is that where she... Is that the same? Yeah, where she has the uh, the thumb drive that she... Yep. Yeah, pulls the data off of. Yeah, she has to go to Stain's office. I think it's Stain's office. Maybe it's her office. Uh, where obviously she knows that Stain's, you know, not to be trusted right now. She gets the data um, and, you know, escapes out of there. Coulson, I think, is there meeting her. And then uh, I think it goes down to Stain trying to to put his plan in a, a higher... Uh, in a quicker motion, so that way he can grab the uh, the arc reactor and be able to power his iron monger suit. How cool was that that scene though? Though when Stan shows up at Stark's, you know, house there with the pizza, you know, he says he's gonna he brings this pizza over, and then he has that device and totally, you know, incapacitates Stark on the couch there, uh-huh. and Tony can't do anything while Stan sits there and you know preaches. You know, this is what I'm doing, blah blah blah. But uh, I just love, gosh, I just love Jeff Bridges in this this whole movie. Really well acted, yeah. Um, and that little thing that he used, he he used against the the terrorist leader over at the other side, because um, he failed him, you know, because he wanted Stark dead, and he took the stuff uh, from them and took it back to build the Iron Monger suit, and then so Pepper takes the Shield agents down to go find it. Um, but we see uh, the Ironmonger come into life and to chase her out of the building, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, her and Coulson. Uh, yeah, I believe. Yeah. That, so- that sounds good enough to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, so then the fight ensues between uh, Iron Man and Ironmonger. Uh, so, you know, Iron Man Tony decides, or discovers that... Uh, it's Stain that is the, the person in the suit. And then he takes him up high to the altitudes that previously he was frozen at. And then Iron Monger uh, gets up that high and just falls down. And then I think at that point, Tony thinks that he's beaten him. Um, but then Iron Monger obviously isn't, isn't beaten yet. And fight ensues. And they throw him down in the this big old arc reactor. And Obadiah Stain... Uh, I think he gets electrocuted. Uh, yeah, I think the the reactor overloads. Yeah, reactor overloads, then, electrocutes cause, him. Cause, yeah, because the reactor eventually like completely like disrupts and fails and explodes, and I think he's still trapped. Is he still? Is that what happens? So originally in this movie, uh, in the first draft, and it was. Uh, just announced today or recently Jeff Bridges did an interview and said that he wasn't supposed to originally die in the uh, in the in the Iron Man it was supposed to be that the suit was empty um, but uh. I, I mean it's pretty clear in the end of this movie that he's gone <laughs> I mean yeah. he, he got pretty much electrocuted and blown up out of that um, so we see that uh, he Tony emerges victorious and then there's a press conference that's held and you know, the Strategic Homeland uh, Intelligence Enforcement 
logistics division, I think that's what it was, <laughs> um, has prepared a statement for him. He's going to go do his little uh, thing, and it's about him. He was out at a yacht and had an accident or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But he's like, you know, that reporter that keeps showing up comes up and says, you know, uh, you you couldn't be, you know, this type of person. He's like, do you... He, he presumed that he was going to say, like, what, you don't think I could be, uh, you know, a hero like this? And he's like, no. And so then he does his little speech. He's like, yada, yada. And he just kind of stops and looks around. He's like, I am Iron Man. And so then <laughs> and everybody... Everyone goes crazy. Everyone goes crazy. The movie ends. It was brilliant. Except at the end of the credits, we see... A none great trend that Marvel continues. Uh-huh. We see none other than Nick Fury. And he's got an initiative to talk to him about. And when when we saw this originally, and I saw this in the theater, and he says, I want to talk to you about the Avenger initiative. The world you, you went, went wild. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. It was... This is going to be good. I can't believe what's happening, guys. Did you hear him? It's happening. So it, it was so good, though. We, and this, I mean, this being the first Marvel movie, and Marvel has continued this trend, like you said, with little stingers after the credits on each movie. Uh, this being the first one, though, a lot of people left the theater. And I don't know about you, but I, I typically stay to the end of movie credits anyway uh, because I listen. if I like the score of the movie, I'll, I'll listen to it. Plus, I mean, you know, why not? It's let everybody else leave the theater, and then you can go and you know get out with less traffic but so this comes up and everyone's like huh what's this and then you realize that you know it was nick fury broken in i think maybe online there had been some rumors about this scene and everybody that was still in there was like oh man this is great this is cool this is so good and i mean they had sam jackson as nick fury um and in the recent before this one came out the recent comic books they uh were redrawing nick fury as characterized uh, as Sam Jackson. Good old Ultimates. Yep. So that, my friends, is Iron Man in a nutshell. So again, let us know uh, at Entertaining Pod if you liked how we did this review or if you like this to do a little bit more in depth. Um, do it more like Skyfall, do it more like yeah. Advent Children, or do it more like Iron Man. And uh, we, don't judge my memory because it was very poor. I'm sure if it's a film Justin has seen, he <laughs> will know it very well. <laughs> I got to get my digs in there while I can. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> uh, you got to gotta kick him while he's not here. I see how it is. Yep, that's how I do it. So uh, Iron Man is concluded, and next we'll be discussing uh, The Incredible Hulk next week. So some of you may have thought, oh, we'll go Iron Man 2 next. Nope, we're going to do this in the way that they were released uh, as we go through this Phase 1 and Phase 2. So The Incredible Hulk starring Edward Norton as the Hulk. I got to think which actor played the Hulk because (laughs) there's been so many. How how different do you think the Marvel Universe would be if Edward Norton would have remained as Bruce Banner? I love Mark Ruffalo. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, just food for thought. You know, I don't know because the Mark Ruffalo Hulk is really, really good. Um, I love him as Banner. Like he's the way he acts is so. I think he fits the role a little bit better than. than I do too. Uh, Norton does. Norton as Banner. Norton came off as a little bit more haughty. 
where Banner in the comics was never really all that haughty after he got the the Hulk in him. Before, mm-hmm. I think he was, which maybe Norton was playing off that a little bit. Um, but when we first see um, Mark Ruffalo as Banner in the Avengers later on, uh, we see him, you know, helping out people and, you know, doing the wandering samurai type thing, just helping people. Um, so it's, it's really, uh, I think, for the best. And I would actually like to see a standalone Hulk movie with uh, Mark Ruffalo. Oh, no, you know, why not have a, f- what, fourth Hulk movie? <laughs> yeah, dude, like, what we got? We got Planet Hulk we can do. We got uh, all kinds of good stories they can yep. do with Hulk. I, I mean, don't think I, I haven't, I know I haven't watched the Eric Bana Hulk because I, like, it. Ever? I, how I remember it is just like from, it's like it, he just jumps around. It's the Hulk <laughs> jumping around and throwing tanks. No, thank you. So, you no, know, never. That, that did spawn a, a really good game, though. And uh, I don't know if I've ever seen the Edward Norton one in its entirety. I, you know, I've seen enough of it that I, I know enough about it, but I don't know if I've ever watched it complete from start to finish. Whoa. Hold on a second. Yeah, I'm not afraid to admit it. Yeah. So you, you haven't seen it from start to finish? Yeah, I just, I don't, I just never got, was never excited to watch that one. Hmm. I don't know if it's just because I never was big on the Hulk as a character or... I don't know. I'm. I, don't, I just don't know. Never so was too big on it. So before, why don't you join us, Jason, as we go through this trip down memory lane in these Avengers movies leading up to Age of Ultron and watch them with us as we discuss. If, if them. it's streaming, I will watch it. But if I have to pay for it, probably not. Oh. Um, but however, I don't know if I'm kids I'm, or not. I'm going to throw this out here. I discovered this while we were recording that if you own a Chromecast. And you live in the United States, you can currently uh, redeem uh, free $6 on Google Play. That's cool. Apparently, uh, Google wants to give you money for owning a Chromecast. So if you have a Chromecast, you can get 6 bucks. So I have I'm a Chromecast. There. I don't use it. It's not even hooked up. <laughs> I have an Amazon well, Fire get... TV stick, too, that I don't use. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at you go. I just use my Xbox One for everything. Oh, Xbox One, record. On. <laughs> Snap that. Oh, yeah. So next week, uh, we hope that you come back and join us as we obviously discuss all the entertaining news that will break and uh, continue our look at the Marvel series with the Incredible Hulk. Um, And maybe Jason will watch it, and maybe we'll get some feedback. You know, $6 from Google Play. So um, what we want to do as we wrap up today, uh, remember that uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag code for Xbox One? I remember you guys promoting that. I helped get 20 followers. Yeah. And, Jason, do you happen to know what the criteria was to enter to win? Uh, Probably not, because when I heard the Xbox One part, I kind of zoned out. But, <laughs> um, I knew you guys needed to have at least 20 followers. Uh-huh. And I feel like you had to send a tweet with a hashtag, maybe, or... Yep, pretty simply. I mean, you're right on it. Uh, so, hashtag... Send us a tweet at EntertainingPod with the hashtag EntertainingCode, and then just tell us what your favorite game was uh, that you've played in the past year. It doesn't have to be released in the past year. It just whatever you've played that you've been most entertained by in the past year. And that would enter you into win the Assassin's Creed Black Flag code for Xbox One. We've been doing this now for, I think, uh, three weeks, I think, now. 
and we have had a grand total of zero entries. Oh. So no. I don't know how long we, uh, we we keep this active for before just one of us redeems it for ourselves. <laughs> but uh, we we really want to be able to interact with you as a community. We want to give you cool things. And Assassin's Creed Black Flag is a great game. I uh, actually already own it for my Xbox One digitally. And uh, I played the mess out of that game. It, it, it's really good. I love the naval uh, combat in the game. Did you play Black Flag? <laughs> I, I didn't play Black Flag, um, but here, all I know about Black Flag, I, I'll quote my father on this because my brother uh, must have played it a lot at my dad's house. And if you describe that game to my dad, you'll get, Incoming fire! Fire! Incoming fire! That's all the, that's all the game does, according to my dad. Ah, Nice. But uh, it sounds like the, the last uh, Assassin's Creed game I actually played was the second one. I had hopes to play the third, never picked it up, and then after I heard horrible things, I never did. And then my brothers let me borrow Brotherhood, but I've yet to play it. And, yeah, that's where my Assassin's Creed story ends. <laughs> well, if you ever get a chance to play Black Flag, I definitely recommend that. I think that's the strongest one I've played uh, in a long time for that series. I haven't played Unity yet. Um, but, I mean, by all accounts, Unity's got some issues to work out still. However, if you would like to enter to win Assassin's Creed Black Flag, please feel free to tweet at EntertainingPod with hashtag EntertainingCode whatever your most favorite game that you played last year was. Come on. You know you want to win it. Come on. Come on. And... I have a question for you, Jason, as well as our listening audience. If Ooh. Robert Downey Jr. didn't exist, who would you cast as oh. Tony Stark? Am I answering this right now, or is this my food for thought? Let, let's get your let's get your gut opinion, and then if you change it, go ahead and tweet us too. You know, I, I, I'm pretty happy with what rumors were when it was all that. You know that Robert Downey Jr. was done, and there's rumors that John Hamm was gonna fill that role. I think he would do a decent job as Tony Stark. John Hamm. I don't know. He's he's too busy being an ad man. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> um, that'd be pretty cool. I would like to see. He's probably a little too old for this role now, but Michael Fassbender. Ooh yeah, Fassbender would be good too. So, I mean, obviously he's he's done a stellar job as Magneto, um, but I I would I wouldn't mind seeing him take a role on Tony Stark. But obviously, in my opinion, Tony Stark, the way he is cast as Robert Downey Jr. is the probably most perfect casting ever. So yeah, it, yeah, he, they kind of nailed it on that. Yeah. So, uh, listeners, if Robert Downey Jr. didn't exist. Who would you cast as Tony Stark? Tweet at Entertaining Pod with your answer and say, you know, I, I would do this guy or that guy. Or Chris Pratt. You know, he's hot right now. He's in everything. <laughs> yes, Chris Pratt is in everything. <laughs> so we'd like to hear from you guys. Uh, you can leave us a series. Jim Carrey as Tony Stark. Ooh. Uh, no. I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no. That, that, I, I think that has just... Can you all right? This can you imagine this movie with Jim Carrey as Tony Stark? Everybody else cast the way it was, everything acted the way it was, but Jim Carrey as Tony Stark. 
Uh, no. I think I think we get a few all righty thens. That would be terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, Jim mm, can't do it. I mean, he was he had his uh, superhero role with the Riddler stint and the mask, and he was in what was it Kick Ass Two? Yeah, uh, and then I he don't know. Didn't like his role that he was in Kick Ass Two, if I remember right. Yeah, he got the check, cashed it, and said, "No, nope, no, nope, uh, don't don't go see this don't, movie. Don't go see this movie." <laughs> yeah, I still got paid, but. <laughs> Yeah, if he if it really was something that was detrimental to him, he probably he, he would he should have donated the money, right? Uh, but I don't don't think he did. Oh wait, I got it, I got it. We'll put James Franco as Tony Stark, and we'll recast Seth Rogen as James Rhodes. <laughs> I'm still high off the interview that we watched for Flux Pose last week. Oh man, uh, if you did that, I think that. Uh, Instead of the Iron Man Black Sabbath song, you'd probably have to insert in uh, Firework by Katy Perry. <laughs> yes. When he's escaping boom, that scene boom, there. Boom. But, you know, I mean, honestly, James Franco wouldn't make a terrible Tony Stark, but at times I think he would. Yeah, yeah, know. he would. Don't even know. He, no. he wasn't terrible as, uh, uh, oh, man, who did he play in the Spider-Man movies? Oh, what's his name? Green Goblin, but Harry Osborn. Harry, Os- Harry Harry Osborn. Yeah, so he he wasn't terrible as Harry Osborn, and I actually liked him. And when he did the uh, Planet of the Apes uh, movie recently, oh yeah yeah yeah. So that wasn't a bad uh, bit of casting there for that movie, but yeah, I I can't imagine anybody else successfully pulling off Iron Man and making it the success it was without Robert Downey Jr. I mean, I think we can credit marvel's success in a great part to iron man because he's the uh the superhero if you look at the box office he brings in the most uh money each time that he's out and i think the avengers when it brought them all together kind of shed more light on the other characters because a lot of people kind of thought of it as iron man and friends um (laughs) but i definitely think that they they struck gold with iron man yeah so what do you think of the of the podcast, listeners? Uh, please write us a review on iTunes. Uh, you can also review us on Stitcher. Uh, you can also contact us, as we mentioned before, at EntertainingPod on Twitter, and you can send us a G an email to that's entertaining t h a t s e n t e r t a i n i n g at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Sith Nightmare, S-I-T-H-K-N-I-G-H-T-M-A-R-E. And for the absent Justin Pickard, he is at J-P-I-C-K-Y-8-6. Jason, where can we find you? What are you up to? Uh, you can find my personal account at, at J-W-Lacy, L-A-C-Y. And if you want to follow my podcast, that's at Fluxtaposed, F-L-U-X-T-A-P-O-S-E-D. And I can confirm that all those contact methods that Nathan has stated do work. So I encourage you to reach out and use those channels to contact the entertaining And unlike other people in other podcasts, we are quite active on the tweets. Get the tweets on the deets. Yeah. So, um, anything else that you have going on brewing in your little noggin? Uh, Yeah, I've got one thing here. And, I, you know... (sighs) 
it's not going to get a lot of saturation because of the the ge geographic location but i'm really excited about this i had learned um earlier in the week i had never heard about this and this is the third time this event is taking place in uh my hometown here in grand rapids it's, it's called gr 8-bit live and it's this uh free charity event that it was created and it's put on by a uh He's actually like I think a fourth grade, a sixth grade teacher, and he actually plays in a video game cover band, and it's a completely free event, and it raises money for the local children's hospital here, uh, much in the vein of Extra Life. To uh, the goal is to purchase new board and video game equipment to for the hospital for the kids recovering there. That's cool. And, yeah, and they have a, a Kickstarter going on now for this uh, third event, and all the, the they're trying to hit a six thousand dollar goal, and that's just going to cover the the fee to book the venue, and then I'm sure for some of the acts and things like that, and um, they're completely transparent with the the funds, so all that's going just to to raise the event, but it's completely free for people to attend. I think they're going to have they're going to have concerts and then. Um, some gaming tournaments, um, whole games arena type thing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they encourage donations at the event, so that's where they actually raise the money. So I've actually reached out to him. Um, I'm probably looking to volunteer at it uh, this summer, and then I'm hopefully I'm working on having him. He'll, I'm arranging to have him on as a guest on Flexipost to do a little interview while the Kickstarter is going. So What's their uh, projected just, date? Um, July 11th, I believe, is when the event is. Um, and like the Kickstarter's got 28 days left right now. Um, so they're only they're only at nine percent funded right now. So hmm. I'm trying. I'm promoting as best I can through my social media channels to raise awareness for it. Um, yeah, I think it's it's. I'm I'm just as pumped about it because it's something I've always like supported child's play, and it's cool to see something in that same vein that's local for me. Mm -hmm. And because I'm looking to get, I didn't, I wasn't able to do extra life this year. I have in the past. So I'm excited to jump into that this year. I don't know if I can pull off a the Iron Man challenge like some other people on this current <laughs> podcast have done, but uh, yeah, it's just cool and it's for a good cause. So um, yeah, GR eight bit on Kickstarter. Give that a search, and uh, if you feel inclined, throw a couple dollars at it. But if nothing else, I just like people to share it too because that's that's just that helps just as much and on another related note i've got uh, another podcast brewing with none other than uh nathan involved who you sir you sir you sir me sir <laughs> we are uh much in our star wars excitement with the new comic run that marvel is producing i thought to myself man how cool would it be to do like a quote-unquote book club discussion on this comic and i was like well crap let's do a podcast about it and sure enough that's what we've done so uh we're looking to get a first episode out here in the next week or so uh it's called the holocron council and you can uh find us on twitter at holocron council um basically you know uh, it'll be myself nathan and uh Josh, also from the uh, Married to the Games community, um, each week, and we're just gonna I, I fully expect this to be spoiler filled. So if you hadn't read the comic, you know you're not gonna want to listen to this. This is more of a companion to that release. So each month, with the release of that comic, we'll sit down and have a good discussion about it, uh, what we picked apart from 
the comic, what we liked, what we didn't like. You know, it's really just a celebration of Star Wars, which who doesn't like that? So uh, it's going to be a monthly release, but if you know if it, if it gets traction and we like what we're doing, we might pick up in the, the Darth Vader and the Princess Leia run as well. So maybe you'll get three a month. I don't know. We will see, but I'm looking forward to getting off the ground. We will watch your career with great interest. <laughs> it's really just an excuse for us to make many Palpatine-related quotes on I, one I, podcast. I can guarantee that that podcast will have... References upon references of Star Wars left and right. I'm afraid that you're correct. (laughs) Do it. Strike me down. Uh, Okay, before this devolves (laughs) any farther into the Palpatine cast... Oh, that's the, we should do that. Just do a Palpatine cast. Palpacast. We, we both we both do our voices as Palpatine, and oh, we just God. talk about the day's weather. I need to drink. The weather for Alderaan is cloudy <laughs> with a chance of death star. <laughs> oh, I love it. All right. All <laughs> anyway, right. for for uh, uh, for me, for Jason, for Justin, this has been that's entertaining. We hope that you have been entertained.